0: Hey, guys. Hey. How's it going? Good. <laughs> very well. So, Alan, uh, yes. we have a uh, special episode today. We do indeed. It's very exciting. We do. <laughs> we do. Super excited to have our first guest ever.
1: First guest ever? Yeah. Seriously. First oh. guest ever. I, I hope people aren't disappointed. <laughs> 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 not at all you should have all. saved it for beyonce or someone more impressive
0: <laughs> you you are the, you yeah. are the rock star of our little world so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly exactly you're like yeah i was telling my wife yeah we're gonna have justin on our podcast and uh yeah it's 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 awesome and and, and it's just like oh okay uh, it's, you, know, you don't understand <laughs> the nice. significance of this <laughs> that's nice that's nice honey <laughs> Well, that's that's very nice. I listen
1: to your show all the time, so it's fun to get to talk with you in real time and uh, and see FusionCast. I've you know this is the first time using it. It's great. It's like really you're way further along than I thought you were. Like this is this
2: little dark horse here. He's kind of like building this, and it's it's really good. It's really yeah. (laughs) This is
1: yeah. This is like not not easy software to build.
0: No, it's not. It's not easy at all. But uh, well, you know, Alan keeps uh, giving me a hard time because I haven't launched yet. <laughs> every episode, every every session that uh, we record, he's like, "Okay, when are you launching?" Yeah, <laughs> when are you launching? <laughs> so when, it's good. It's good enough. <laughs> when are you launching? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't trap that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's no, it's two against one. <laughs> no, um. Uh, really soon, actually. Now I am really working on, on the final, you know, steps that I need to take before launching. I'm integrating my billing system with Paddle and, and just updating the marketing site and fine-tuning some of the infrastructure, you know, some of the the server where it's running and, and the database and all the infrastructure stuff so that it's um, robust enough to to launch and have more people using the system. Yeah. So... You know, what, what that's one of my concerns is will it scale? You know, I haven't had a chance wait to, to find out, <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, to, to try that, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like a catch 22 there.
1: If you look at the Reddit threads and the Twitter threads about this space, mm-hmm. uh, the, the most common complaint is you know, uh, Riverside was good, but now it's buggy, or I uh, used to love Zencaster, but now I'm getting audio drift, and it seems like. Uh, and this space is very, there's a herd mentality around it where, you know, at first everyone was using Zencaster and then they had a few issues and then it was like everyone moved over to Squadcast and then Riverside came out with video recording first. And so people moved over there and then Riverside had some bugs and yeah. uh, people complained. But so it's, yeah, the the ness of it is, I think, the challenge. Um,
0: exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: But ironically, I almost think like, uh, I mean, I like the, the the I like all of those folks like Zencaster and Squadcast and Riverside. They're all great, but I, the the for whatever reason, Riverside's problems started after they got uh, a bunch of funding and hired a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. It was kind of better when yeah. they were indie and just a few people working on it.
2: Typical, isn't it? It's <laughs> the way yeah. it goes.
1: <laughs> I don't know why that yeah. is, but.
2: Maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe they just got too excited and, yeah, tried to take on too much. I mean, the thing is with this kind of software, it's like the, the, you want it to do one thing and you want it to really not screw that up, right? <laughs> yeah. But I can see the, yeah. the urge to, well, we've got income and money and we want to grow. And so, yeah, this keep on adding stuff to it, it must be, yeah, urge, right?
0: Yeah. And more people, I guess, uh, more moving parts, more things to manage, uh, more chances for things to go wrong.
2: Yeah. I mean the interesting thing is quite a small i mean it's a a, i guess a reasonably niche (laughs) niche ish thing (laughs) there's not that many people in you know percentage of the world recording podcasts but at the same time there's only a handful of competitors right there's not like you know 100 people making this kind of tool so yeah uh, hopefully Mm -hmm. to get known about is you know possible because it's the same people are going to the same places and you know they're they're in the same kind of communities so hopefully you know that you can find your your audience reasonably, reasonably well, which was just what I was almost about <laughs> to start to talk into Justin about before. I think you know you're, you're lucky that your audience is you know where they are, right? For the most part.
1: Yeah. Right. And right. it'd be interesting to see what's happening in this category now because back September 2020, I remember watching Squadcast was on Microconf Remote, and they had just passed 100K in MRR. And I think they were quite a bit behind Transistor in terms of MRR for a while. And then the pandemic happened and that category just exploded, like even right. more than yeah. podcast hosting. There was just that many more people that wanted to have you know, a Zoom-like session like this, but be able to record it and be able to record all the individual tracks. And so the mm-hmm. market for that seemed bigger. And so they just like... I can't remember how fast it was like i he said something like he doubled they doubled in 12 months or something wow <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: something just kind yeah. of caught yeah that there was something about it that was like everybody understood what they needed and boom
1: <laughs> yeah but a lot mm-hmm. of us that experienced bumps like initial revenue bumps in the that first lockdown in the behind the scenes like in the back channels as we're talking it was almost like we pulled ahead revenue, like it accelerated revenue, but it just pulled it ahead. And then eventually it got pulled back, meaning like mm-hmm. we're still ahead, but we were grow like we grew, Transistor grew quite a bit too, not as much as Squadcast, but we, we had this big bump in revenue and you can see it on our revenue graph. It goes like bump <laughs> and then up and then down. And then it's continued to grow since then. Right. And mm-hmm. the kind of worry in the, you know these back channel chats. Is that maybe all that really happened is we just accelerated, pulled forward revenue that we would have had anyway, but right, it just right. got mm-hmm. accelerated.
2: It's kind of come back to back to almost where it would have been projected anyway, right? It was just like yeah. this temporary little booster, but it kind of got back to normal. I mean I think yeah. that's the the biggest uh, kind of disappointment in this. I thought we'd have, you know, like remote work and hybrid work. There does seem to have been this massive pulling back, which I guess it's a like a rubber band in effect. Maybe we pulled too far in one way, but hopefully yeah. there's there's yeah. going to be some more momentum towards that there, but
1: yeah. Think, yeah, it'd yeah. be interesting to look at Zoom's numbers. I haven't looked at their numbers lately, but you know, have they gone have they really grown that much? Has it slowed down? That would be a mm-hmm. good, I think, indicator of kind of where everything's going.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, and the, and the pandemic, I guess, uh, had a lot to do with that stretching of the rubber band. Right. right? Like exactly. maybe maybe that went too far because the pandemic was fueling a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. And now and now that it's getting better, we'll see where where it goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was good. I think. I mean, it'll be good for both of you in the sense that awareness for like tools like FusionCast, but also tools like DotPlan, there's much more awareness. People are looking for those tools. As people got mm-hmm. introduced to whole new categories of products that they'd never seen before. Mm. And now they know to search for them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And that kind of like search, searching with intent is I think for indie software is what we all want. We want people that know that podcast hosting is a category, is a thing you need to look for, and then you can search for best podcast hosting and hopefully find Transistor. Um, Right. And the same for you, you know, that you'd hope that people would have enough awareness of the category that they'd be searching for that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think it was good in that sense. But I I think for for those of us that benefited from it, there's a natural, like that whole (laughs) cohort now it's been two years and you know a lot of them are evaluating do i still want to run my podcast that i started Mm -hmm. in the pandemic and so we're seeing some churn related to that you know Mm -hmm. Um, and it probably
2: feels a little bit worrying for you but at the same time as you said it was an unnatural event anyway so it's um yeah it's kind of to be expected. <laughs> well, probably. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, the growth was amazing. And again, we haven't, we haven't, uh, revenue still growing, but it's definitely, the growth has slowed down since that first lockdown. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's nice having the growth and, <laughs> and again, any sort of zeitgeist that propels people into your sphere of, you know, your category is, yeah. uh, Welcome. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, as you yeah, say, I mean, sure. I think the biggest
2: thing was, you know, it, it seemed to me, I mean, it was probably more amplified for me here as well in Japan, whereas remote work was here. It's, you know, when I first moved here, um, you know, I started talking to people and, you know, let's talk about remote positions. And it was just like, no, we don't, we won't mm. even consider it. It was just completely off the table. There was no consideration whatsoever. Whereas now mm-hmm. it's a conversation you can have. Um, yeah. You know, it, it the answer might still not be yes, but at least there's an acceptance that, yeah, it happens, and we know that within certain circumstances, it can work well, but um it's, yeah, it, it's, as you said, it's helped bring it into public awareness, which can only be a good thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 and a good opportunity for indies. I think, like, even for people to start thinking about, you know, you have this great resignation. And that's actually one thing, at least in North America, that has been fairly sticky is people are not going back to work at the same rate that people thought they would. A lot of people just mm-hmm. resigned and then have been working on their own things, trying to you know start their own businesses, uh, looking for better paying jobs, going back and retraining. That part has been actually pretty sticky. And that's a good thing for... Uh, I think the indie maker community, cause there's more people doing it and there's more people looking to collaborate. Like, I think it's going to be become more competitive for remote jobs again, mm-hmm. because the big employers are going back to the office, but you know, indie software companies that might want to hire a contractor or their first employee, uh, there's going to be a lot of people looking because of that. Right. You know? Uh, yep. so yep. I, I think there's lots of benefits from it. Uh, it was, it it sucked for all sorts of other reasons but right, exactly. in terms of you know maybe what we care about which is more indie companies and our indie companies having a better chance and amplifying you know those kind of opportunities it was good for that yeah. for sure yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah for sure I I've seen uh, just uh, switching gears a little bit here. I've seen some of the uh, new features you've been releasing with Transistor. Yeah, uh, really, really great stuff.
1: Yeah, really cool stuff. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's felt it's felt awesome. We John and I had our founder retreat in. Uh, <laughs> you went when skiing, was that? right? <laughs> yeah, we went skiing. I I took John to the the COVID capital of British Columbia. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> So yeah, we had that. I now I can't even remember. I think that was in January, and since then, I mean things had been kind of bubbling. We'd been fairly gentle with ourselves through 2020, and then 2021 we hired Helen and then Jason. So Helen does customer success for us full time. She's in the UK, and Jason's in Ohio, and he's really senior developer, uh, mostly on the back end. But John had worked with him before. And so we we knew we would have more bandwidth for stuff that we hadn't been able to tackle before. And I think we were both just kind of ready to start cranking on stuff again. And websites was the kind of embarrassing feature for Transistor. <laughs> it was just like, they weren't that good. I didn't like promoting it. You know, it was, I mean, it was cool to see what people did with that initial version of podcast <laughs> websites, but we definitely needed to you know, have something new. So podcast websites is the most recent that we just were working on right now. And then dynamic audio insertion was before that. And it was like another project that we thought Mm. we're just never going to be able to do that. You know, have these basically dynamic ad campaigns where you can say, here's pre-roll audio or mid-roll audio, and then you can have it apply to all of your episodes. So there's a, you know, little campaign insertion points throughout all your episodes And it was just like, we can't do that.
2: (laughs) It's just way out of scope of what you, it's way out of scope. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But the cool thing, especially for John and I, who are kind of hesitant to hire, it's been having Helen and Jason, like these two people who are enthusiastic about bringing new stuff into the app. It kind of gave us this whole new energy that I don't think we would have had Hmm. otherwise. So yeah, it's been awesome.
2: It's interesting going from that, like two person where, you know, I assume you and John have a, you know, the the amount of trust between you two must be crazy high, right? And you know that, you know, you're doing your thing, he's doing his thing and it just kind of works out. You sync up occasionally, bringing other people into that mix must always be. I I know how I'd feel and it'd be like, but how do I trust you? (laughs) And I'd want that kind of same relationship as well, whereas it's like, just do whatever you feel is necessary and let me know when you need something. Right. It must be difficult finding that person.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it was probably most stressful before we hired them because, you know, I mean, we had... The
0: unknowns, right?
1: Well, the unknowns and even like financially, like by that point, transistor. by the time we hired Helen, Transistor was quite profitable, but it hadn't been profitable for like you know, five years, we've been like, John and I both went full-time in 2019.
2: I still remember that episode when you were, you know, like we've gone full-time. I mean, it's been crazy how, you know, it's this like, um, overnight success thing, right? No, no, I, you, I've been there for the the long haul, right? I know that this took a long time to <laughs> to get going, right? So.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the time it felt like it took forever for us to get to that point. And, uh, in retrospect, it actually happened fairly quickly, but, um, Yeah, I I think a lot of our stress before we hired Helen and Jason was just like, we knew we could afford it, but do we want it? Is this what we want to invest in? Because it's like you're investing in this for a long time and Mm -hmm. COVID had just happened and, you know, we had that thought of, you know, like, thank God we don't have employees during this because maybe we'd have to let people go. And yeah, so I think we had some of that stress and then, yeah, there's just always this unknown of like, what's it going to be like to add more people to this mix, but Helen had been working with us on a part-time contract basis already for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And I'd known her forever through Mega Maker. Yeah, uh, probably as long as John I've right. known Helen. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that felt like...
2: Just kind of a natural progression, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, not, not yeah. a big jump there. Yeah. And John had worked with Jason before. Right. I didn't know him, but... Honestly, a lot of that was knowing that it would probably be good for John to have someone that could work alongside him, Um, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. for his enjoyment (laughs) and, you know, mental health and everything else. Like just to feel like someone else can look at his code and it's not all resting on his shoulders. Yeah. It it felt like that would be a good move. So, Uh, and in both cases, it's just been unbelievable. Like both of them are incredible. And yeah. to see what we've achieved already is just kind of amazing. And it doesn't feel like we're like grinding super hard either. It feels like we have a nice pace of everything. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like things got things just our kind of natural rhythm mm-hmm. is pretty similar, but we're just getting way more done.
2: I mean, just, just uncoupling that one person from development and one person from everything else is like a, a huge relief, I can imagine. It's just like, yeah, I'm not responsible for everything anymore. It's just, yeah. you know, there's certain stuff which, and as you said, it it keeps, yeah, it keeps you sane, right, <laughs> which helps.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's on, and we have a staff meeting every Thursday, and it's just kind of nice having, it's almost like when it was just John and I, it was easier and I for, t- <laughs> Him and I to not show up for stuff, right, right? Uh, but now we have these other people that are depending on us, and so it's like, well, we got to show up on Thursday, right. or I'll look like a doofus, <laughs> you know, if I don't make it to my own staff meeting. <laughs> so, uh, that part too, just having we're now accountable to these other people, right. all grown uh, up, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, you have responsibilities now,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> And it's just nice. It's nice having other people there, you know. I think this is probably like four or five people is like the optimal mm. kind of team size.
2: Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it feels just about right, doesn't it? It's uh, for this kind of product. It's this is what I always. Um, again, I think I've I've been around this world for too long to think to imagine like transistor growing to like twenty people, thirty people. You it you can't uh. what. How, what would they do? <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine that. No, you just can't imagine it, right? I mean, you know that the industry, obviously, other people do it, and the industry could probably support it, but it's like, is that the company you want to run? Is that the life you want to lead? Probably not.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, the I I can't, because I don't actually know, there's not a clear path to capturing 20 times more market share. Right. Like, Mm. I think Transistor has maybe, I don't know, 2-3% of the paid podcast hosting market.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And, you know, I'm hoping that we can get back to higher growth percentages. And a lot of Mm -hmm. unlocking that was like, we need to unlock podcast websites. We've got this next thing we're working on is we're going to allow anybody to use the podcast website feature for free. You can just insert your existing RSS feed. And we think that's going to be like, that could be um, unlock a ton of growth for us because we'll have this like freemium product that if you already have a podcast, you just put in your RSS feed and then it rolls out a transistor website for you that's sponsored by Transistor, but then uh-huh. you're in the product. So right. people will be able to see like analytics. They'll click on the analytics tab and it will say, well, if you were on Transistor, you could see analytics like these and they'll be able to click mm. on the episodes tab and they'll say, well, if you were on Transistor, you'd be able to nice. you know see episodes like yeah. this. So we're really excited about that. But like 20 times growth? <laughs> so we could grow like to 20, 30 people. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. And yeah.
0: so is this a, a free account that all they'll be able to do is just have the website yeah. for free? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Even if they're 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 hosting their podcast elsewhere.
1: Yeah. Like if they're hosting it on Anchor and they just don't want that crappy Anchor website, they can
0: mm-hmm.
1: they can put their anchor RSS feed in this new thing and it'll create them a transistor website and we're launching some new templates soon. So right now we have one new one and then the classic one, but we're going to have more looks and things they can choose, Mm
0: -hmm. Nice.
1: but then it'll have a banner at the bottom saying if it's free saying, Hey, you know, this podcast hosting website's provided by transistor. Yep.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: So we'll get some advertising that way, but then also it's, it's like, a way for us to reach out to all these people hosting on Libsyn and mm-hmm. Anchor and everywhere else. I mean,
2: especially if people are sharing on social media anyway. You know, they're sharing links to their new episode and things. That's a perfect way for yeah to get potential new customers to know about.
1: Yeah, you
0: know? it's nice. Well, that's, and that's really smart. That's a smart. Well, the smart biggest mover. thing
1: is like I want to be able to get people who are using other products to try us out in a non douchey way you know like uh one of our competitors Acast, just got it uh, you, you can see how people react to things and they 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 took the email address that is embedded in the rss feed of every podcast and just spammed everybody saying hey it looks like you're on transistor do you want to switch to Acast?" Ugh. and the the blowback from that was clear like we do we don't want to do anything like that like people did not like it and um i don't even know how effective it was for Acast. But this feels like the perfect Trojan horse. It's like right. we're giving something people really want, which is a nice podcast website. It's good. And value. now all of a sudden they're yeah. in the product, and mm-hmm. we can just say, "Hey, if you want to switch, you just <laughs> click this button, and then you can switch."
2: Exactly. Import everything, and look, there you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: All they need yeah. to do is forward their old RSS feed, and it's yep. it's done, right? Very nice. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's coming soon, and it's going to be. I mean, you never know. You always think these things are going to be massive, and then <laughs> yeah, you launch them. And oh,
0: it's, that, that's that's awesome. It, it's been it's been a lot of fun to see you grow and uh, get to the point where you are now. Because I, I remember, I started, I, I found out about you from a podcast that I listened to. Uh, you did an interview, I think it was the Change Log. Okay, and, yeah, uh, and and it was when you were doing the a hundred things in a year. Yeah, I think it was. Um,
1: what a mistake that was!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was super challenging, but you know that gave you a lot of exposure, though, and and that's how I found out about you. And out and I thought, wow, this is this is awesome. I may so be the same. Actually,
2: I, that that could be. Yeah, it rings a bell. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Mega Maker. So the Mega Maker community was originally called Product People. Yeah. And like, before yeah. that it was called JFDI. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember that as well. <laughs> yeah. It, wow. <laughs> the and, NSF name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so the there was a evolution there. Yeah. I mean, it's always hard to say what got you here. It's hard to evaluate what of that was necessary and what was unnecessary. And yeah. uh, for sure, like I don't know what how everything links up, but the big movements in my journey have all been related to connecting with people and doing things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like I connected with John at this conference, but the reason I connected with John at the conference is that Chase Reeves invited me to go to it. And the reason Chase Reeves invited me to go to it is he had invited me to be on a panel in Las Vegas. And the reason he had done that is because he had read my this is a web page article <laughs> and the reason he had read it is because he saw it on hacker news it there's like this sequence of events yeah. that without doing things and connecting with people the other moves wouldn't be possible so yeah, exactly. yeah it's it's one reason i'm still so excited about mega maker is that i mean even like we hired helen because she, I've known her forever. It, just having a network of people that you know and who know you and being able to access all sorts of different skill sets and you know other things, it's just like a superpower. I mean, I, I think yeah, one of the, yeah. the
2: the really nice things about Mega Maker versus, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at my Slack. There's, I'm probably in like 20 different Slack sets. Oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, Mega Maker is kind of unique. And I think this is because of the, type of people that it's a paid community so there's like a a certain bar that you it's like you've got to be willing to make a commitment here Um, but also you know the fact that everybody in there is trying to do something and uh, most of the time on their own uh, or with Mm -hmm. somebody else and there's this desire to to help others and to to be part of something whereas you know i mean very large accelerator Slack over there that I was involved in, and it's almost like a broadcast mechanism. It's a very different, um, community that's yeah. going on there. There's not the same, like, you know, like who can help or like I'm interested in this, and people chip in. It's very much yeah. a, like I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. It, it feels more like a sales channel than <laughs> than an actual support network, which you know, mm-hmm. kind of. Mega Maker is definitely unique in that.
1: Yeah. Story. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, that's the idea, right? Is that mm-hmm. it, it, uh, and I still think it's a superpower. Like there's so many times in the transistor slack where I'm like, we're trying to figure something out and I'm just like, I'm just going to go over to Mega Maker and ask, and then what would take us days to figure out somebody in the community can just help us out with right away. Yep, it's right. like, it's such a advantage. It's mm. like a secret weapon. And even like there's some people who aren't super active every month, but I remember who they (laughs) are and I can be like, ah, who was that, that, you know, has expertise in this area Uh or can connect us with this person or whatever. And to remember and to be able to seek them out and DM them, Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, there's nothing like it. Yeah. I mean, uh,
2: I, I think it is difficult also. I mean, it's something I suffer from a lot is it's difficult to ask for help just because it's like, you know, is this, A, is this a stupid question? Or B, you know, like who cares what I'm doing? And it is often a very difficult hurdle to um, to jump over. Um, but so mm-hmm. it's nice to see other people doing it and thinking, okay, I, I should probably try that. And I know there's a million times I should have and, you know, I should do, and just say yeah. like you know what what what's other what's of people's opinions about what I should do here. You know, like as, as I mentioned before, you know this whole thing about like my product is like who who do I talk to this about, and yeah. it's um it's like what do I do next? Where do I go? And you know, it's especially when you're on your own, and especially when you're you know a few thousand miles away from other people who are doing this, you get mm-hmm. caught up in your own like thought patterns, and that can be dangerous.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I understand that feeling of like not wanting to ask people, but over time, I've definitely trained myself. <laughs> like my, because John, his his first instinct isn't always to ask people, and I just yeah, for me it's like, it become such a hack that I'm just like, let's just ask. Uh,
0: I think that's a that's a general uh, trait, if you will, of developers. Yeah. <laughs> We all tend to, you know, just a few more minutes. I can figure it out, you know.
2: People that, you know, there's a whatever the the the, the traits are, the tendencies are, whatever reason it is, people who mm-hmm. are doing this kind of thing on their own, we're doing it on our own because we. Want to do it on our own, right? It's not yeah. like yeah. I want to be part of a 20-person team and we can build the thing and I'll do this. But it's like, no, I I can do the whole thing. How going actually I don't know this because somebody helped me is like a it, it's a difficult
1: thing to do. <laughs> yeah, sure. it's a it's yeah. underrated though. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Also, totally. I mean, I shouldn't I I maybe not everyone can do this and maybe it would turn out different for other people. But I found uh especially even leaning into that vulnerability of I just don't know. Mm-hmm. I need help. And I've even been willing to play uh, the idiot more than I am in order to seek help because mm-hmm. it's just leaning into that and being like, yeah, I, I don't know everything. Oh, okay. and I just want to I want to be curious. i want to I want to be open to other people might have the answer that I don't have. And instead of me having to go through a lot of pain to get there, I can just like reach out. Yeah, for sure. I think the other thing that really the, the other thing reason I'm I'm passionate about that, I'm trying to teach this to my kids too, because it, it it feels like I learned this too late. Is one thing that really unlocked my potential was people like Adam Wathen and Taylor Otwell mm-hmm. kind of like showing me their bank account <laughs> and how eye opening that was to see how well they were doing. And that's really what unlocked my this kind of maniacal focus I have on the market. It's all about the market, it's about market mm-hmm. demand, it's about how many people are actively searching for this. Because right. I saw it with Adam and Taylor in this like incredibly Like their dollars, I could just see the dollars shooting into their bank account. And that was them being open and vulnerable with me and me in some ways being willing to ask like, what's going on there? How are things going? (laughs) And they're like, oh, I'll show you. And it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> I mean,
2: we do get caught up in this again. It, it's difficult to to translate what you see on Twitter and other networks about, and, and especially with the the whole in, um, investment thing being the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just numbers, and they're meaningless. And you think, you know, and there's a the pre fixed preconception of how much you should be earning as a developer, right? I mean, yeah, yeah it's a lot higher now, but it's not great if you're in Japan. <laughs> um, but yeah. that's what that's what you should be earning as a person writing software, and it's difficult some. Sometimes to, to connect the two, it's like, well, there's all this money. You need that money to make big companies. They make, the company makes the money and you get this much. Um, yeah, yeah. To realize, especially when you are interested and you want to do it all and you want to build a, a small, sustainable lifestyle, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. have to be on a really tight budget, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and also to be okay with, I mean, so much of what we expect or desire or seek, I mean, there's a, there's a negative side to this too which is you compare yourself to other people and feel shitty when you don't match up. But for me, I mean, a lot of my friends and peers make significantly more money than I do, but there was a point like there was a point where I felt shitty being Nathan Barry's friend because it was just like this, <laughs> this kid is just doing so good and I just yeah. can't, I'm
2: a complete get, failure.
1: What am I doing? <laughs> get there. Um, yeah. But there was a threshold, like once Transistor started it and started doing well, and you know, I started doing both John and I. Like this is the best money we've ever made in our lives. It's not Nathan Barry money. It's not Taylor Otwell money. It's not even like Marie Poulin. She's got this Notion course, mm. and I think she probably makes more money than I do from Transistor. <laughs> but there was this threshold I crossed where, like, it's like this is giving me an incredible life and mm-hmm. these other people just inspire me now as opposed to feeling bad. Mm-hmm. And I know that's hard to balance, but overall I think it's been inspirational to me and what kind of unlocked it. I, I felt crappy before because it was like, I'm never going to do anything like Nathan, you know, I'll, I'm just <laughs> garbage. Uh, but now that what what I think what clicked for me was it's the market it's the market you've got to look for evidence of demand people actively waking up every single day going to Google there's a new person searching for podcast hosting you know like that and and when it, when you can see it and when you can feel it and and it's also like you can feel it in terms of its magnitude. Like when Adam Wathen said he was going to do this refactoring UI thing, I was like, oh my God, that's like Jared Drysdale's bootstrapping design, but new. And for this whole new market, that's never heard Mm -hmm. of Jared Drysdale. Mm -hmm. And Adam's also got this, a bigger audience. And he's also got the excitement of the Laravel community. You can just see how all of those are going to magnify this thing that people already want, which is, you know, I'm a developer and I want to get better at yeah.
2: design. It's interesting. It's almost like, you know, being part of the original, you know, the original web developer kind of world, especially with the, the post dot com bubble burst. Um, mm-hmm. It was, you know, that was when my first product that I sold that I, you know, was like, hold on, I can do this on my own. I can build sites, I can build things. And so, yeah, that was early 2000s and it was, I remember then, you know, like I had a photo sharing, mobile photo sharing application site. This was before Flickr, before anything else that followed. And the fact then, you know, you almost felt you couldn't do what other people were doing because the market was saturated. And I remember, you know, my thing when Flickr came out, Oh, Flickr sold to Yahoo for what, $35 million, I think at the time, which is just outrageous, obscene. That's like, and it was like, we're done but we can't compete with that the the photo sharing market is finished because Flickr own it and it's kind of i mean the same thing with friends um myspace there we go <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and friendster and all the rest you, you think the social media market oh well that's it no one can compete with facebook now right and uh it, it, whereas you know almost the opposite is true you want to be looking hold on they're huge people are interested in this industry this market and they're actively yeah. searching for it and they're probably not entirely happy with the things they're doing or they're looking for a different take on it so
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. If if anyone's looking for Flickr alternative, right? <laughs> um, I mean, Flickr and th- those early startups are a little bit trickier because at the time, it wasn't like a lot of people were paying for subscriptions. Right. No, there was
2: no money. That's <laughs> all, as I found out.
1: <laughs> so what, the challenge back then was like, you literally had to get this, like, shoot a straight arrow, yep. get a tech crunch article, yep. meet the right people and hope that one of the you know, three or four bigger companies at the time would acquire you. Exactly.
2: That that was it. That was your kind of.
1: <laughs> but yeah. now, it's changed. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. b- the even like the progression of everything's just more mature. These categories are more mature. SaaS as a concept is more mature. The billing is easier. That like there's so many more advantages for indies. And now There's just so many more people.
2: I mean, that's the crazy thing. So as many well. more people. Everyone yeah. was just still using dial up and you know, you're lucky if they check their email once a week, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, well do you guys have yeah. kids? Yeah, one. I don't. Okay. So how how old is your kid, Alan? He's eleven. Eleven. Yeah. See, I had this thought with my daughter. My daughter's nineteen. And I showed her, I had her doing a little writing project for me and a research project. And I showed her Reform by Peter Soom. Right. And she was like, oh, this is cool. I've never seen anything like this before. And in my mind, I'm like, type form, I was Rufu. Say it. That's 50. <laughs> but yeah, but it just reminded me that every day there's thousands of new customers coming online mm, exactly. in Gen Z who have never heard of any of these other things. Yep. And they're going to just be like, their boss is going to give them an assignment, like, hey, do a research project. You're probably going to need a survey tool. And they go, okay, well, best survey tool. Or they talk to their friends. What survey tools do you recommend? Or they, you know, Mm. so people are, you know, there's brand new customers born every day. And then the other thing is there's people like us who are reevaluating purchases. Like how many project management apps have (laughs) the three of us used in the context of our whole career? (laughs) You there's know, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. Exactly. and that's a crazy yeah.
2: thing. And you see someone like Monday spending literally bazillions on like advertising. You're like, but project management is done, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, probably not. But it's not. Now, every market and every category has its own dynamics. It has there's a shape of demand there. Like, I think project management in particular is probably pretty challenging, but Mm -hmm. there's sometimes an angle for an indie to get in there. Some categories I think are easier for indies to get into uh, than others. But (laughs) the other thing is like, somebody might've tried it five years ago and everybody was like, well, that didn't work. But the truth is that now it might be the right time again uh, exactly to try it again and you know like form software maybe that wouldn't have worked 5 years ago but now it's like typeform is actually old now yeah <laughs>
0: yeah yeah we think of typeform the... as
1: the new kid on the block but it's it's <laughs> it's old and yeah. so that that's the other thing is and transistor benefited from this honestly it was actually it was nice that transistor came out when it did because then you know a few months later a bunch of other podcast hosting platforms came out but it was nice being the the first of the new kid on the block,
0: mm-hmm. like that
1: whole batch, right, because right. Yeah. there was just a lot of people who were waiting for the space to get kind of freshened up. Hmm. And, you know, they've been using Libsyn for 10 years. And they're right. like, man, I just, what, I like something different than this. Especially and so we yeah, showed it's up. it's not and it going
2: like, anywhere, it's not progressing, that it's become like the established, it's, it's the IBM,
0: right?
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just like <laughs> older or whatever. Yeah. So Typeform is 2012, it's 10 years old. Wow. It is, yeah, it's been around for a while.
2: As <laughs> you said, it still feels like, oh my God, that's new right now. <laughs>
1: I know, I, I think of it as new as well, but it's, it's. I think there's a lot of, this is like, like Calendly is 2010. Is it really? And so wow. 12 years later, not a bad time to start Savvy Cal because yeah. Calendly spent all this money and time carving out the category But now there are people searching Calendly alternatives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, there's just your your pathway to money and customers. Like for Derek, I think, you know, he could have asked himself, how many people do I know that use Calendly? I mean, he personally might have known 40 people Mm -hmm. and you just like Mm -hmm. make a spreadsheet of all 40 people. And then you just like contact each one one by one. That's what I did with Transistor. I was just like, everybody I knew I had a podcast, I was like, emailed them and said, hey, we're about to launch this thing. Would you be interested in switching for an early access price? And that got us our first, you know, 100 customers probably.
0: Nice.
2: And that's nice. what you should be doing, yeah, yeah. That's, Right? Because you're coming soon, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm taking notes. I'm
0: taking notes. <laughs>
1: well, and you too, Alan. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think, like, that's that's the way you could really test out, like, really push Dot Plan is go make a list of everybody you know that's using something, mm-hmm. and just go. Okay, well, I'm going to reach out to these people and see if there's any chance that they would switch. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that will give you your answer. People would be able to tell you, like. Ah, like it's, it's different than asking people if it's a good idea, because if you ask people to switch, they're like honest, you right. know, I asked people mm-hmm. to switch. So maybe I asked 200 people if they'd switch to transistor and a hundred said, yes. Um, you know, a hundred people were like, no, it's just, I don't want to go through the hassle or mm. I like where I'm at or yeah. your website sucks or whatever. Like you, you heard it right away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, uh, getting those answers I think is helpful mm. And you might also be able to, um, I always like pick up on these little anecdotes. So when I was talking to Taylor Otwell, he was saying that they use Basecamp for one reason only. So they pay for Basecamp for one reason only, and that's to do these Mm end-of-the-day check-ins. Like, what did you work on?
2: I mean that, that that's exactly dot plan right that that that's the whole point is end of the day check ins of what you've done and that that's it so, yeah. so <laughs> that's, well, it. that's what made me think of it yeah, is yeah. that
1: if i don't know how widespread that use is mm. but if if those are the kind of uh, anecdotes and mm. things i'd be pursuing mm-hmm. like uh, you know if there's people out there that are doing this then maybe i should <laughs> you know be trying to connect with people like that. Right,
2: right. As opposed to trying to convince new people to to sign on. I mean, this is the thing. It's like, if you don't already do this, suddenly asking a, a company of 10 people, right? Today, we're going to start mm-hmm. doing end of the day check-ins. Everyone's like, you want me to do what? I already use five pieces of software, you know? And it's kind of like this, yeah. this, this hard sell of like getting them to change their behavior. But if people are already doing this, then getting them to try something new is probably easier, <laughs> you would hope, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and even, like, um, I would, if I was you, Alan, I would go to that tweet that I made where I think I shared, you know how I do those check-ins mm. in, in Mega Maker, like, mm-hmm. yellow, green, yes. yeah. red, like, how are you feeling?
0: Yes. Uh, yes,
1: yes. I tweeted that, like, I just tweeted, how are you feeling? But it would be interesting to see how people who responded to that and how they responded. And I don't know what the in is there, but those are the kinds of things I would be doing as I'd just be like fishing around, seeing like who's already in motion and is there a way I can connect with them? And you really want to invalidate your idea as quickly as possible. Like if it's not gonna work, you wanna know fairly quickly. Yeah, I know that's hard. Like. Joshua Anderton and I are working on this other product Meeps right. mm-hmm. and we just haven't found the fit yet. Mm. And I'm, I mean, for me, I, I can take more time on this one because transistor going well, but you know, eventually if we can't find it, we got to cut it loose because you know, you can keep trying to maneuver something and yep. uh, <laughs> add new stuff and whatever. And yeah. if, if you're just not finding that, that rushing river of customer interest, yeah. it's it's yeah. best to just let mm-hmm. it go.
0: Mm-hmm. The line outside the coffee shop, right? Like you, yeah. like you usually say, yeah.
1: Yeah. Where can you see it? And I'm hoping yeah. it's there. I mean, I had some instincts that maybe there was something there. So I still hope it's there, but like in a have similar a way, eventually.
2: yeah, you you've got to find that that something about it that that people that resonates with people, right? It's like building an online community. Uh, well, well, how's that different from this, this, and this, and this? If it's something, I, I think I remember you saying something kind of um, it, it clicking for me. What you're trying to do with regards to like you know memberships with newsletter paid, paid newsletters, I think. Which okay, mm-hmm. is a is a segment everybody knows already. But when you say, oh yeah, okay, it's that. Plus, because there's a community with it. Okay, I get it now. Uh, and it's almost like I need to find the same kind of hook. It's something that people yeah. go, oh, I get it. It's it's like, the, it's it's this thing, right? Um, and as you yeah. said, they've got to already understand that and already be either doing it or willing to do it, not somebody who you've got to convince that, because that's not gonna Yeah,
1: stick. <laughs> I think they already have to be doing it. Yeah. They already yeah. have to be doing yeah. something about it. That's yeah. the challenge. Mm-hmm. Like what what I thought, okay, like online community building is like super hyped right now, especially Mm. during COVID like circle had raised all this money and it just seemed like every, and I had personally experienced the power of community with mega maker. And then with this coworking place that we started, and then this meetup that I run locally. Mm. And I thought, well, this is perfect. Like I have these three use cases and I, I paid for Memberful forever. Right. I was one of their first users so building an alternative to that felt like okay this will work but what we're learning is the dynamics in that particular space is that there's just not that many people like me (laughs) (laughs) i mean i
2: i joined a couple of circle um groups um and they're not sticky i mean as in the slack is open all day it's there it's okay i mean you know I don't yeah. know, it's about 15 slacks i'll see a dot and if i've got time i'll go and read it especially if it's one of the channels which i'm interested in One of the slacks yeah. that i'm interested in or a circle it's it's this idea of like there's a thing over there and you got to log in and there's there's different accounts and it's just you just never do it and you'll get an email and you go yeah. okay you'll read it you close it i mean i think that, that difference between the a community that feels alive and one that feels like people check in on once a week it's yeah, really different. And I think that's what well, I mean, that it. was our other thought was,
1: mm-hmm. let's not build another circle. Let's just make it easy for people to get people to register and pay for Slack, Telegram, mm. Discord groups.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And maybe that's what we need to get back to. Mm. But again, there's just the number of people on earth <laughs> that are like me that are doing that kind of thing. It's just smaller yeah. than the number of people who want to start a podcast. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Starting a podcast, the threshold to cross is just less. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. all you really need to do to feel successful is to record an episode, upload it, and publish it. And then you kind of feel like you're a success already. Yeah, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even if you have uh, going
2: got not many listeners, right? It's still, feels oh, yeah, like totally. Awkwardly. I mean, it does. It does.
1: this yeah. is the MailChimp convert kit advantage, too. It's mm-hmm. just really, I mean, if you, put out a form and your mom subscribes and you put out one newsletter you already kind of feel like you're in the game yeah. but mm-hmm. the the threshold for like building the kind of momentum it would take to to start a community yeah. is just or even a a local meetup group is just it's a higher magnitude I mean I,
2: I've seen the same thing here you know we started like a a, a local hacker news group and that there's there was a peak when it was like, everybody's going, That that's the thing. And it can so quickly just disappear. It's just something that there's like a time and a place for it. And then it worked. And it's yeah. really difficult to keep that going. It's just so easy for it to just fall apart and just disappear yeah. overnight. And it's it's like very fine balance. And I think yeah. the same thing applies to online communities as well, um, but probably even harder because there's not a time and a date where, you know, everybody goes and, that's it <laughs> mm-hmm. so,
1: but we yeah. know that there might be adjacent for example there is the market for online membership directory software mm-hmm. is a thing right it's much more corporate much mm-hmm. more uh, a lot of nonprofits as well and we could go after that if we wanted to mm-hmm. and but you, you know, mentioned that
2: I, I, I was always wondered how does because Transistor supports private uh, podcasts as well, right? You know, how mm-hmm. do you find like companies using that for internal stuff quite often, or is it still quite niche? Is it is it quite a strong part of your your customer base?
1: I mean, there's quite a few. There's a lot of interest in it, hmm. um, and we have. I mean, there's a fair number of people who do it. It's a lot. In practice, it's a lot more challenging than I think people think. Right. It's like to do it well, to do it in a way that actually gets engagement, uh, to do it once the champion has left the organization.
2: (laughs) Right. Um,
1: Yeah. And even like Apple, so Apple's paid private podcasting feature. I have to check the numbers on this, but as far as I know, they're pretty abysmal. Really? I still think there's an opportunity in it, like linking up payments to pay uh, private podcasts right. is something we'd like to do, mm-hmm. but it's still not like the rushing water of people wanting a podcast that's in Spotify and Apple podcasts. Like mm. that is just yeah. a big, fast moving river right. and private podcasts. There's significant momentum there, mm. but you know, if I was to quantify it, I would say at most, it's twenty percent of our business, but that's okay. probably right. even yeah. that high. Yeah yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe there's the whole merger of Meeps and Transistor. There, the fact that you know, I mean, when you, especially when you see podcasts like you know ATP.fm that have this huge, mm-hmm. very active member base that are listener base that are just as invested in you know the the back channel as they are. The, I mean, there's the there's the yeah. listeners, and then there's the really active. Um, you know, back channel as well. You know, merchandise and things like that. And it's it's really interesting to see how that
1: can, um,
2: you know, yeah, happen as well, right? So
1: the hard thing is, and maybe I'm forming a a framework right now as I, <laughs> as we talk, but the hard thing is you can't optimize a product for the top one percent of that audience. No, no way. And so <laughs> right. ATP is like an outlier. Certainly, yeah. But but it's so tempting to want to do that, right? <laughs> And, and especially in the prosumer space. So, like, you know, Fusion Cast is in this, transistors in this, convert kit's in this, blog static is in right, this, yeah. you know, a mm. lot of the Mega Maker type products are in that category mm. of prosumer. Mm. Right. So much of your customer base is just getting started.
0: Mm. And yep.
1: they're gonna be able to do steps one through three. <laughs> and some of them will progress into the 99th percentile very few of
2: them will right
1: but very few yeah, will yeah, yeah. and this is like what we're seeing with the point. you know for years people had been asking us for dynamic audio insertion and saying like switching away from us to competitors even right, right. but we saw some trends just by waiting that you know people would switch to mega to megaphone to get we have to have dynamic ad insertion mm. Mm-hmm. And then six months later, they come back to transistor, going, well, we just didn't use it that much." You yeah. Know? Hey
2: Mario, are we, we going to start yeah. selling mattresses? What do you say?
0: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think here what what Plan B
1: is going to be. <laughs> it's su- it's super cool. It, I mean, I I I think it's a great feature, but it's for a smaller percentage right. of users. And yeah. in our space, I mean, if you look at ConvertKit's open MRR graph. Mm and you look at you know how much new mr they're bringing in every month and how much churn they're getting mm-hmm. it's a substantial amount of churn mm-hmm. and it works for them because they just have thousands of people lining up to their coffee shop every day that want to sign up yeah. Yeah. but they're dependent on that and transistors similar tailwind ui is similar you just have all of these kind of prosumer apps where you really need a volume of people mm-hmm creating accounts every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and you're gonna get a substantial not, I mean, it's obviously your growth is higher than your churn, but comparatively, churn is higher in those kinds of products than not.
2: Yeah. I mean any product day. that requires you to spend time and effort. I mean this is the, the fascinating thing about both you know fusion cast and transistor and you know, things like this is it isn't a passive thing. You ha- actually have to make a serious effort to make something happen. Right. And yeah, the, the, the result of that is, yeah, I've got, you know, five people listening to me waffle on for an hour and there isn't an immediate payback. There is a, there's an internal like feel good thing, but it's, yeah. um, so as you said, you know, the, the market for those people, e- even creating a newsletter, it doesn't happen by itself. Right. It takes effort and long, term thinking to make something happen and it's 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 a huge barrier to entry for most people right because they just don't have that
1: kind of um thing (laughs) totally i i mean if if i could have built forge i would (laughs) have right (laughs) (laughs) like that's the perfect business it's like it has an incredible amount of utility like provision my servers for me but once i set it up it just like every time i commit to get it You know, I don't need to log in Mm -hmm. for anything. It just does it automatically.
0: It just provides a lot of benefit, a lot of value without you having to commit a lot of time to use it because it's just running in the background. And whenever you need it, you just log in and do what you need to do. And that's it. I've been yeah. using it for years, and it's Th- those incredible. products that,
2: that I see the thing on my credit card every month, and I think haven't logged into that six months, but I can't get rid of it because I need it. <laughs> Things, right? Those yeah. are great
1: products. Yeah, it's like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just
2: pay it because I have to. That's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are great products, and and especially once you become an SMB or a medium sized business or a large business, you just need those products. Like those are the oil; those are the grease that grease the wheels of mm-hmm. your of your company, right, right. and yeah. so. You know, it's a little bit of a harder ask for the marketing person to go to the CEO and say, can we start a podcast (laughs) than it is Mm -hmm. for a developer to go to the CEO and say, I need the software to save me hours of time provisioning servers. And it's like, that's a no brainer, you know? <laughs> Which again, comes yeah. back
2: to like dot plan. It's like asking everybody in the company to do a thing is like, oh God,
1: <laughs> it's like a really hard ask. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Which again, I think hey, is why you're right. Like looking for people who already are doing this.
1: Yeah, you want to see who's in motion and then how hard it is to get those people. Like yeah. that was the other kind of light bulb I had when I was working for a project management software company. I'm doing all this marketing and to learn, I'm doing all these phone calls, customer development phone calls. Mm-hmm. And it's like, people are like, you know, I demo the software and then they're like, okay, well, this is great. I got to talk to my dev manager and then I got to talk to the CTO and then I got, I'm like, <laughs> <"Huh>, we're, <laughs> we're not going to, this isn't going to work. And then meanwhile, you know, I, I recorded a podcast with Nathan Barry, and he's like, yeah, people just keep signing up for ConvertKit. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, like, I need one of them. convinced. The person yeah. with the credit card who just, yeah. you know, it's like a blogger who's at home and wants to reach more people and they just have their credit card. Yeah. At most, the only person they have to talk to is their spouse, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right. Um, and there's pros and cons to both of these. But the certainly at a certain price point, if you want people just finding you on the internet and signing up for 19 29 $49 a month,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you want a certain amount of just volume that comes to you and just does it automatically. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. they need to talk to even, you know, more than one other person, yeah. then uh it's, it's a significantly
2: well. bigger ask, right? <laughs> it's much, much of a challenge. Well, um,
1: and you realize it even like now that I have a partner, like John does not like paying for a bunch of stuff. And so <laughs> I have to be very selective. You know, I'm using some of my social capital every time I have to Say, hey, can we pay for hrefs? Right. And he's like, well, what's, what's that? that? I'm like, well, he's like, how much is it? I'm like, whatever it is, 150 yeah. bucks a month, 150 bucks a month. You know, like, we could just do this, right? <laughs> he's like, well, can't you just do it another way? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it costs me something every time I want to bring a new tool on. I mean, I guess, uh, I guess this
2: explains the the, the whole, you know, as you said, prosumer market is that the people that are wanting to make their life better um, through some form of entrepreneurship even if that's just starting a you know a mailing list um Mm -hmm. and are willing to commit something to do that not just like you know well i'm bored one thursday afternoon or thursday evening and i did a thing and i forget about it no it's you're you're willing to make an effort right so that by making that effort they're willing to pay something for that so
1: yeah i think it's underrated Mm. because people love having a project Mm. Mm -hmm. like a project it's you know um my wife's taking a a yoga instructors course right now it's just like a fun project mm-hmm. for her to mm-hmm. go and do it and you know some people start gardening really seriously and that's like their project mm. i have a garden but i don't take it seriously but someone who takes it seriously yeah. they'll spend a lot of money and time mm-hmm. yeah. doing that thing yep. Yep. and there's levels of this which go from this is just a hobby i take seriously and i have the money to spend but up to like this is aspirationally something i want to be either a side business or a little side hustle or a professional activity i do like maybe blogging or podcasting that will benefit my career but yeah. won't immediately give me money to mm-hmm. like i hope this makes me a full-time living like right. there's a whole threshold there of mm-hmm. prosumer type products and right. I think in the bootstrapping space it's kind of under it's massively underrated. Mm-hmm. It's like people don't talk about it enough. We talk about B2B as if it's like this like mono it's like so B2B is everything from the person who's selling a little course on the side all the way up to IBM like that's B2B. Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. I don't know that it and and like B to S M, right. what is
2: that? <laughs> I mean, there's this kind of like goal of like you know I'm selling B to B. That's where the big money is, and uh, but the pains that come with that is crazy, right? Or there's there's shiny consumer level stuff which is fun to play with from a UI side, but you've got to get massive scale and just to have any form of revenue from yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah, this kind of prosumer market, yeah, that's. A very good way of thinking and of also others. to
1: realize like the way we the way we cut up these categories just requires way more nuance. Yeah. Like it's not <laughs> absolutely it's not enough to just say well like every indie hacker needs to go after B2B. <laughs> Don't ever go to B2C and it's <laughs> and it's like well we there's a spectrum of opportunities. Yeah they are all the different other thing kinds is, of levels. All different right. levels and the shape of those markets and the dynamics within those markets is what you should really be looking at. Don't look for these broad generalizations, look for the specifics, the specific shape of that market. And if it's a good wave, you should go ride it. But don't just like discount things because they're B2C or yep. or look like B2C yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. in the same way that you shouldn't feel like you've got a nice check mark just because you're in B2B. Right. B2B <laughs> is a spectrum and yeah. you know there's lots of bad b2b opportunities
2: mm-hmm. again like um, the the difference for me selling to you know a like a local eight person company here is like even that has a significant amount of uh, back and forth and pain versus yeah um you know selling any form of enterprise sales, which is like, well, I've got six months to a year and I've got to pass all these ISO things. And (laughs) and it's like, it's never going to happen, right? That that both are B2B, right? (laughs) There's one type of uh, business that is acceptable as others, which are just off the table completely. I have no interest. Well, and
1: I mean, I would love to know for Taylor and Forge, how many of those users are hobby users, Mm -hmm. developers using it Mm -hmm. on their own servers at home, and they're just doing it because... It makes their lives better. It makes them better developers. Mm-hmm. They want to support Taylor. Mm-hmm. Like there's all yeah. these other jobs. Yeah. And how much of his revenue comes from actual businesses right. like Titan yeah, yeah. who need it to perform? You know, to, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's lots, but what's the breakdown? Mm. And yeah. Yeah. But the interesting it, thing well, again, is those,
2: those, those people who are maybe hobbyists right now, probably have other jobs, Uh, they will go on to, they have a career, right? So they will definitely take Mm -hmm. their good experiences with them though, as well, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the dynamic. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a spectrum. For example, I've been using Forge for years, and it's a hobby, I guess, in, in some ways, as I've been working on all these side projects, and I've been running servers maintained through Forge. Yeah, uh, Fusioncast is one of them and uh you know I haven't made any significant revenue or no revenue at all from from any of this. Yeah. But I've been a customer for years, you know. Yeah. So so yeah, that's an interesting question like how how what what are the levels that there's and different...
1: and, and and how do you quantify all of that? So if yeah. if Mario all of a sudden that launches fusion cast and then Spotify comes and buys it for a billion (laughs) dollars. How would we quantify that investment in forge when you weren't making any money for years, but then it became a significant part of your journey that led to that thing. You know what I mean? This is why I I think we got the, the the, especially the bootstrap community. We need way more nuance when we Mm -hmm. discuss these things. It, It actually does matter the way we talk about things, the way we describe things, the way we justify things even in our own mind, these things matter. Because um, (laughs) if if you're just going to follow broad cliches, then you're you're missing all of the actual stuff that real life is made out of. Which is, sure, at one point, I signed up for Memberful and I was not making any profit. But at some point, I crossed a threshold with MegaMaker, where MegaMaker was making, I don't know, $25,000 a year or something. Mm-hmm. And now I think it averages something like $30,000, $40,000 a year. So previously, was I just like a consumer that Memberful shouldn't care about? Or did those years or months I was using it and not really, you know, just as a hobbyist mm-hmm. actually yeah. lead to something mm-hmm. significant? And I think there's a lot of stuff like that. But again,
2: those people that actually started on that path and made the effort to join Memberful and invested time in it uh, are likely, even if not that one didn't work, they're likely to have a path to success.
1: More likely than someone who just didn't even try, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And at yeah. the end of the day, like the real thing, the only real thing that matters is volume. This is a volume business, and you need this constant flow of interest, demand, and customers. And so whatever you can build that you like building, that attracts a customer that you like serving, as long as there's enough of those customers coming in the door every day, that's all that matters. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's the wave, right? The wave in your analogy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I love that analogy, by the way, (laughs) it's perfect. It's so spot on. Uh, market is like surfing and, uh, that constant flow is those waves that you, you gotta have a good enough wave to be able to do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And encouraging people to, that was the other thing about looking at Adam and Taylor is just getting to see someone riding a bigger wave inspired me to want to ride bigger waves. It was right. like, you know, why am I wasting time trying to make this happen when I could have something that maybe isn't that, but is at least something like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and there's certain, just again, it's not easy. If it was easy, then I would be a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. But nothing it, about this is easy. <laughs> but I do think there's ways we can observe. Like with meeps, I'm observing. Are we there yet? No. We don't have that natural pull yet. And if we can't find it, we got to let it go. And that's what we're searching for. Mm -hmm. We're trying things that it's like, if we are just walking around in the woods and we trip over a a slow moving stream, we got to be willing to move on from the stream and look for the rushing river. Mm -hmm. Like that's another Mm -hmm. metaphor. Like Mm -hmm. you just want that flow of water and getting to see it demonstrated for me, like seeing what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Is the key. It's just like thousands of people. And let's just say for most indie SaaS apps, I think it's going to be you're going to need hundreds of trials mm-hmm. at, or, and thousands of trials if you're not, if you don't have credit card up front. Right. And I think, you know, Transistor probably gets, I don't know, we get hundreds of new trials every month and 75% of those people. Who start a trial convert to a paid plan because right. mm-hmm. so you have got credit card up front so index. there's
2: a there's a there's inertia there already
0: right <laughs>
1: that's right yeah. that's yeah, right more, they, s-
0: more serious about it yeah
1: they want it bad enough that they're willing to you know put a credit card in and 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 there's just some mm-hmm. products like this like watch yourself and your friends sign up for things you know at one point i was like i'm not going to pay for a twitter thread writing tool and then Enough people in my life were doing it. And then I just found myself signing up for Typefully. And Mm. it was, there's like a momentum there that is interesting. And what's frustrating is it's like, it's not equivalent to the amount of time you put in (laughs) or how complex the product is, or, you know, the rules of why people buy and why people buy quickly and easily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like, do they want it?
0: Yeah there's all all different reasons that there's the the whole uh people like us do things like this effect right mm-hmm. to, yep. to consider in that as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I
2: think that's what you know exactly. you, you you mentioned you know just kind of like trying to you know catch the the zeitgeist you know but, but basically I mean this is why I find Twitter so fascinating well addictive is mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's this real time you know, flow of the world of, uh, okay, not everybody, yeah. but a good significant chunk of trends you can spot there very early, um, right? Yeah,
1: and on podcasts too. Like, that's why I love listening to podcasts is people, you know, Taylor just like kind of offhand saying, this is how we use Basecamp. Mm. What was the other thing? I, I hear people all the time, like, especially in, in these bootstrap podcasts, people all the time will mention, oh, I just tried out this tool or yeah. I'm paying for this. Those are to me are so interesting to hear Mm -hmm. people explain why they just made a purchasing decision. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's what we need to pay attention to is what kinds of things create that movement. Like all of a sudden it's like, everybody's buying the mom test. Like why (laughs) Why is that? Part of it is because, (laughs) yeah. And and part of it is because it gets recommended and it gets recommended because it has a certain utility. But it also has a certain thing about it that makes it easy to buy, easy to read, and then easy to recommend. Yeah. And I think there are like typefully has that thing. Like right now writing Twitter threads is hot and the wave might not last forever, but <laughs> you, there's there's people actively searching for how do I write better Twitter threads right. Mm -hmm. And when there's that existing momentum, like people are Googling that already, then you can kind of tap into that, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Justin, we've been going for a while and want to be respectful of your time. Um, (laughs) This is awesome. (laughs) This is... uh, It's it's great. We can go... Yeah, this is great. We can go. We can go on for hours. But... See, I, I'm uh, I'm off doing?
2: off uh, track with time zones as well. So it's, I'm just getting going. I'm just still waking up. So yeah. Yeah, your, your it's days, easy, to, easy starting, to forget now. that everybody else is like the yeah. end of the day.
1: Well, yeah. well, that was that was a good part one. You'll you'll have to see if anybody listens oh, to this, know. and then you can have me back. Sometime. So Mary, we should definitely put okay, this out awesome. as like
2: a special exception rather than catching up with all the others. Let's get this out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's sorry, good. we didn't do any updates. The I, yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys yeah, put first... a microphone in my face and I just talked. That, the no, idea. No, no, no. Great. That that's that's what you want. It makes
0: change from everybody hearing my voice all the time.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or mine. No, this yeah, was fun. No. I, I like I like getting together like this with people I haven't really connected with that much, but just yeah. like connecting with new people and getting to talk like this is really fun for me. Yeah. It it yeah. like pumps me up same yeah and i thought about
0: it i i thought about um you know hey what do we talk about she would have like a like a particular subject or questions to ask but that's like the typical stuff and i thought maybe it's just better to just jump in and let's just have a casual conversation and talk about whatever you know tuck shop and oh
2: yeah uh, because i are really stuck for things to talk about you know.
1: (laughs) well this is what's so great is it's like it's like Whenever people like us meet up in real life, you know, (laughs) uh, like there's those mega maker real life meetups that we've had at a conference or whatever is like, Mm. it's not like we, we have stuff to talk about because these are our people, you know, this is what we, (laughs) it's like, just give me the avenue and that's (laughs) enough, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the only chance that we get to talk to other like-minded people. Um, Yeah. You know with a direct connection right because we do it online all the time but yeah. uh opportunities like this where we can actually see each other and talk to each other in real time is it's just awesome and otherwise yeah. you know i don't really have anybody around other than my wife but it's yeah. not the same because <laughs> she's not in the same kind of circle um, yeah but other than that like i don't really have anyone else that i can talk to and that would understand yeah what's going on in in this uh, aspect of my life you know
1: yeah totally so
0: this is amazing
1: <laughs> yeah yeah same so, for me
0: we really appreciate your time and uh joining us today with uh our 20th episode of indie maker journey
1: really? nice <laughs> yeah nice now you just got to make sure you get it edited and published that's, that's, yeah, that's, i know quick
0: yeah it's, it's and it's been a struggle, but we're, we're going to do this one and then um, jump over the yeah, other ones. And, get then... the
2: so, uh, and now you know how great FusionCast is. You'll be a uh, recommended to everybody, right?
0: Yeah, it's, it's awesome.
2: <laughs> He's just got to release the thing. <laughs> I've got to end on that, right? Mario. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> Every episode. <laughs> no, that's good. Thank you. That's what I need. I need, I need to be pushed. Um, but yeah, hopefully uh, we'll get there. Uh, I'm working yeah. towards that yeah but frozen any work on the product itself i'm not doing any development at all uh, and hopefully there are no bugs that come up you know yeah. that i need to jump on but yeah otherwise i'm not doing any work at all on on any features i'm just focusing on the other aspects of the work that needs to be done so that i can launch eventually yeah. so we'll see nice
1: Well, let us know how we can help when you're ready.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
2: Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Justin. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's been super interesting.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right. Thanks, Justin. Yeah. Thanks, guys.